0: It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Synergy Connection Show where we try our best to connect the dots between our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects. Um, You know, I mention on every show the fact that 2020 taught us a lot of things that we probably really didn't want to learn. And uh, some of that was about patience and tolerance, which is where our show is going to go today. But a lot of that had to do with taking responsibility for our own personal health and welfare. And um, 2021, uh, we are already in the middle of August of 2021. And of course, everybody across the world has the Delta variant on their mind and whatever else is coming down the road. And looking at wellness again, um, I'm just encouraging everybody as much as I possibly can to sincerely take responsibility for your health. Um, The vaccine right now, they're saying booster shots. And that may mean a booster shot every six months, every eight months. Um, That's kind of where they're heading. And that by itself is not going to keep you healthy. You know, I hate to be the bearer of bad tidings, but that is the truth. What we have to do is go ahead and use the vaccine um, if, you know, if that's where you're inclined to go but at the same time, understand that you need to be looking at your diet, you need to be looking at stress, you need to be looking at sleep, you need to be looking at exercise and probably adding supplementation to your diet because unfortunately our food doesn't have all of the minerals and vitamins and things in it that it once did. So I'm telling people just go to whatever store you wanna go to that's a good uh, health food store You can also look at my website, which is www.SynergyConnectionRadio.com. On that website is Boomers Forever Young. And you can check them out. They are a world-class health uh, company. And there are thousands of testimonies on there. There's blogs, there's videos. They have a podcast that's all about health. I would just encourage you to take a few minutes, check out their products, in particular, everyone needs to be using vitamin D3 and probably at a level of at least 5,000 international units. We also need to you know, get the inflammation level in our bodies down. And if you are getting ready to have a physical, consider asking for a D3 test. It's a blood test and a C-reactive protein test that will tell you the level of inflammation. You want it below a one. And I will tell you that mine is a 0.3. And you want your vitamin D three level above 70 and mine is a 75. So, you know, be looking at your part in staying healthy. All right. I've given you my little spiel about how much we need, because you know what, if we don't have our health, the rest of this is not going to work very well. You have to have that healthy foundation. And I know my guest today, Jenny Lee understands that. And of course she's in Hawaii where she gets lots of sunshine and I understand she was surfing today. Is that correct?
2: <laughs> yes, Lucy, I was surfing and um, definitely blessed with plenty of sunshine here. In fact, <laughs> we have to be careful with our sunscreen, not to get too much uh, sun.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's very true because, you know, um, it's such a fine balance. You need 30 minutes of sun on skin without, um, you know, any kind of uh, sunscreen uh, every single day. And Hawaii, most of the time, California, Colorado, Florida, those are states that if you do go out, you can probably just about do that. But a lot of states, that isn't the case. You know, they've got way too much cloud. And then of course, we're gonna be moving into fall. And when that happens, you know, the temperatures change and you start putting more layers on to stay warm and you don't have the ability to make your own vitamin D3. And that is so important for cancer prevention, for um, just so many different health benefits, but it has to be on bare skin. So you guys get to do it, we get to do it here, but boy, most of the country and most of the world doesn't get that ability. Um, So you were in Europe recently, correct?
2: Yeah, I was traveling in Italy, actually. What part of Italy? I was on the island of Sardinia uh, for three weeks and also in Tuscany for a couple of weeks. Oh,
1: wow. What a great place. I mean, I was supposed to have been in Tuscany in 2020, and we know where that went. So I never <laughs> yeah, so got there. so was I. <laughs> uh, never got there. but So it must have been an amazing trip for you.
2: It was amazing and just so wonderful to feel the world reopening slowly. And I'm praying that we can continue in a positive direction. It was, you know, it was so wonderful to be in the small towns and feel the joy of people and shopkeepers and restaurant owners and everything welcoming tourists back. And um, so, yeah, it was really sweet.
1: So what was your favorite? Part of the trip. I mean, that's five <laughs> weeks of amazing stuff. But did you have one area that was fabulous?
2: So I was actually on a writing residency in Sardinia for the first three weeks, and that was very unique because I was in a very small rural village um, called Milis, and it was the beautiful part of that was just getting to know the local people in a very organic way. You know, living in an apartment there and going through daily life and becoming friends with folks who then invited me to go on hikes or to the beach or, you know, to just share meals together. And, um, so that was super sweet and I felt less like a tourist and more like part of the community. Um, and Sardinia is a very interesting Island, very, um, much like Hawaii in a way. So I guess I went from one Island all the way across the world to another Island and, um, That was interesting, but there is an island culture that certainly I appreciate both here and there that is very much about um, caring for one another. And um, I think that was something you and I were going to chat about today is this uh, how we care for one another and how important it is that we think about that today.
1: Well, I know that um, here in the United States, you know, we have been Blessed with independence for a very long time and being able to kind of go do our own thing and not having to follow much in the way of restrictions. And I know other countries have a tendency more to work collaboratively together, you know, in some sort of cooperative fashion that allows everybody to meet their needs. Uh, I think America, a lot of times, is unfortunately, and, and this has been true long before you know, COVID came into our lives, but, um, it was kind of like a, what's in it for me culture. And I think other countries based on people that I know that travel extensively and live in Europe quite a bit of the time, they do work together. You know, I mean, they, they think about one another much more than we have a tendency to do here. And you said you found that to be true when you were traveling.
2: You definitely did. Yeah. There's, um, you know, and and we can take it back even further than, you know, European culture and civilizations to some of the very classic teachings of the two traditions that I am most familiar with are Christianity and yoga philosophy. And so, you know, taking the Ten Commandments um, from biblical times and the... Um, yamas and the niyamas in yoga philosophy, these are all principles of right living, many of which have to do with things that we should or shouldn't do. And so we can look at those as being restrictive of our freedom, or we can look at them as really the qualities and practices that put us into the greatest amount of harmony, both with ourselves and other people. And um, so, you know, it's all a matter of how you want to look at it. So what did you find, you know, like, especially when you were
1: on the island, um, rather than on the, you know, in Italy on the continent part, what did you find that was maybe uniquely different in the way they did things?
2: Well, when I, will just give an example of something that I witnessed, um, in this little community that I was, uh, living in for the three weeks, there were, there was a a male choral group, a singing group Mm -hmm. that met, um, Periodically, during each week, and they would come together in an open courtyard. So they're out in the fresh air, but they were all wearing masks. Now, I don't know how many of them had been vaccinated or not, um, but the fact of the matter was is that they all showed up in the open air to sing together. But wearing masks, and so particularly for a choral group, you know, you would really think they would want their mouths free and open and um, not restricted in any way. And oh. and they were practicing outside, and yet they had the uh, consideration for one another to to wear those masks, even though I'm sure it was not comfortable while while singing um, acapella in Italian. But and yet they sounded so beautiful still. Uh, and so that was so impressive to me that there was that community care that they took for one another, um, regardless of their opinions, probably around the vaccines, because I know there are many Italians who are vaccinated, but many who are not. And so it's really not about that, but just a matter of that consideration of one another in 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 community space. Right,
1: right. Um, what about like when you would, walk through the town or go to restaurants or things like that what did you find there
2: so they had similar restrictions in place um as we do here in hawaii i can't really speak for any of the other states i just know that right now we have um masks mandated indoors, um, but not outdoors. So uh, walking around on, on public streets, there was not the requirement to have masks on. Um, however, I would say a lot of people still wore them and then, you know, would would draw them down if they were in a restaurant or, you know, actively eating. But, um, you know, the other thing I witnessed, and unfortunately, uh, was in in transit, um, coming back into the United States and coming back to Hawaii, I witnessed some really bad behavior on airlines and with airline employees where people were unhappy, disgruntled about the restrictions and taking it out on the airline employees. And I just feel that that was so, um, so misplaced you know these these airline employees are are stressed out like all the all the rest of us and trying to do their jobs and they're not the ones making the rules and i think we need to be really careful of how we react um to anything you know it's it's not okay to throw our reactivity on on anyone else and particularly on someone who's not even responsible for the for the regulations so
1: yeah I, I, I have felt really badly for people that are doing a fair amount of traveling right now. And what we see, of course, there's a lot of flights where I'm sure everybody is just fine. But I think the airports in general and the um, you know the staff, whether it's at the airport or whether it's on the airline itself, you know, they're having to endure things that they haven't probably ever had to endure. <laughs>
2: Yeah, definitely. And uh, here in Hawaii, you know, being a, a small, closed community in a way, we're, we're an island out in the middle of the Pacific. And so we have a very delicate ecosystem here. And of course, we, when we reopen tourism, the tourists just flooded in. Um, because so much of the international destinations had yet to be opened, and still many are not open to U.S. citizens. So um, tourism is really booming here. And, you know, one of the most discouraging things that I hear periodically, I actually heard it on the news this morning as I was heading out to surf, um, was about uh, an arrest that was made of a couple who came onto the island using false documentation. And Um, you know, false vaccine cards. And it's like, it's kind of mind blowing that someone would be opposed to the vaccine and yet be so self-centered that they would falsify documents in order to travel and thereby put not only all the people on the airplane that they traveled on at risk, but also potentially, you know, bringing that risk to the delicate ecosystem of the island here. And so that's, incredibly discouraging and you know it really comes down to the what what you and I had chatted about just prior to the show in terms of um the the difference between being community-minded or just self-interested and uh unfortunately I think we're seeing a big big split in the U.S. right now in this regard and to me the 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 qualities of kindness and consideration for other beings, uh, regardless of our differences, regardless of our political views, is fundamental to human nature. And if we start to lose our ability to be considerate of one another, our society and our basic safety is really in peril.
1: You know, how how do we go about... I guess helping people understand that, you know, because kindness and thoughtfulness in my mind, at least, it begins in childhood, you know, where you have a parent, a grandparent, teachers, uh, you know, other people that are around you that are exhibiting those particular values. So if you've never grown up with anything other than the, the uh, what's in it for me attitude, you um, or value system, how do you go about helping people even understand that?
2: You know, this is something that I've definitely thought a lot about, how we instill empathy or teach empathy um, to people who maybe have not received that uh, quality, that teachable quality in childhood, is something that I feel is super important and I don't have an easy answer to it, except to say that those of us who have been raised with that understanding um, and the principles of kindness and thoughtfulness, we've got to go above and beyond at this time to extend it to those who we see are being mistreated. For instance, I witnessed someone really being nasty to this airline employee who was just doing his job and I was the next in line and so I said to him I'm so sorry that you're having such a difficult day that was very unfair of that person to lash out at you like that and so I sort of (laughs) took a moment to just give him a little empathy and let him know that not everyone felt the way that that other person did and so he did he had at least a moment of feeling validated, I think, in his difficulty. Um, So I think we need to kind of step up and, 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 but not just to those who like this one who was wronged, um, but also to those who are acting badly. Like we cannot lower ourselves to that level. We've got to meet even the perpetrators, if you will, with kindness, (laughs) with empathy, because the people who are acting unkind or unfair are are suffering they're suffering in their own way and they don't even realize it because again going back to some of the real fundamental teachings of world philosophy this these practices of being kind and and community-minded and caring for others in the same way that you care for yourself is not just for the other. It's for ourselves because we feel more harmonious. We feel more connected. We feel more joyful when we, when we do these practices. And so people who are not doing these practices, I believe are actually suffering. They're very unhappy. And so if we can meet that with greater love, you know, I have a book, Breathing Love, which talks a lot about walking in the world in the practice of love, lovingness, loving kindness. There's much written about meta meditation, loving kindness meditation. And I just feel like this is a time in which we who have these uh, teachings have got to rise into even greater strength um, of applying it everywhere, all the time to everyone we're encountering, regardless of the other person's behavior. You know,
1: that's really, really true. I I was thinking about what you said, that the people that are lashing out are very unhappy. And not only are they unhappy, but they're not even, you know, recognizing what they're doing to their health. Um, I have talked on a number of shows about the fact that we are you know, 50 trillion cells that are vibrating energetically. And when that vibrational frequency is done in love and peace and harmony and kindness and all of those positive emotions, then your body has a chance to actually heal. And, you know, you're going to be healthier in general, um, regardless of what's going on around you.
2: So. Absolutely. And to, I mean, honestly, if you want to have the self-interested person um, practice kindness for their own self-interest, that would actually be a motivator right there because it kindness brings your stress levels down. It really does. And so like you're saying, it makes your body healthier. So it's, it's not even that we have to draw upon altruism. We can be self-interested and practice kindness because it's actually beneficial to us.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, I guess if you know, because it's
2: going to be difficult
1: to get half of the population of the world to think outside of themselves. And, And we're almost equally divided. There's the people that, you know, are receivers and they always look for what's in it for me. And then we have the other half of the population that are givers. And, you know, those are the ones that, you know, are basically teachers, they're in the ministry their doctors, their nurses, you know, but they are in a giving kind of profession. And then you have all the rest that are, are saying, hey, over here, you know, I'd like some of that coming my way. And, um, you know, so I guess if, if like you said, if, if people would just recognize the personal benefits to their health, their emotional wellness, by smiling a little more often, by holding a door. Uh, today, while I was out and about, I had two opportunities, you know, to practice, I knew what we were going to be talking about. But I typically do this kind of thing anyways. But there, there was a, a person that was very um, seriously handicapped that had a sign that said homeless, and anything helps. And I was parked at a turn lane. So, uh, you know, I was going to be there for a couple seconds. So I pulled some money out and opened my window. But I noticed that probably at least four cars ahead of me had done the same thing. And so, you know, I I watched this person walk and they were really struggling, you know, to walk. So I don't always know whether the person is homeless or not. And sometimes I worry that, you know, you give money and they use it for drugs or alcohol. But in this particular case, my heart was saying, give him some money. And I don't always do it. But this time I did, and there was a, a lady a little bit later that was another one that was handicapped, and she had dropped uh, her bag that she was carrying, and so I just reached down and picked it up and you know put it on her arm so it wouldn't fall off again, um, and it does make you feel good to do something for someone else, you know it truly does, and I I think people have forgotten that you know, in our crazy world that's so busy and we're in cars rushing down highways and, you know, we're on a tight schedule. Mm-hmm. The the part of life that used to be to sit on the porch with somebody and just spend time talking to them is, is kind of gone.
2: Well, and that's so true. I mean, it, the stress levels in general are so high for everyone right now. And mm-hmm. as you said, at the beginning of the show, we each are responsible for taking a good, hard look at how to come into greater balance, both physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, um, for our our own well-being. And as we do that, we create a, a greater spaciousness within where we can take those moments and meet one another in those simple interchanges. And it makes such a difference if we can just take that moment of smiling, making eye contact. Even if we have masks on, we can make eye contact. And I can tell you that the, I've really practiced this during this time of wearing masks to make eye contact because it's easy to, to sort of hide and look away and feel like we're We're half covered anyway, and that we don't need to connect, but we need to connect even more. And so making that eye contact and smiling through your eyes Mm -hmm. and really sending an energy of loving vibration through the eyes witnessing that, that other human being in front of you who has the very same needs, the very same feelings, you know, they're all being expressed in, through different circumstances, but human needs and, and feelings are, are universal. So we all feel fear. We all feel love. Um, and it, it, it makes such a difference if we can do that. and you just don't know what someone's day has held. And so that tiny atom um, moment of, of kindness and connection might make all the difference to them. And it certainly will make a difference to you.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that's so true. And I think if people you know, would practice, you know there are so many opportunities. Every day, whether you're on the phone with someone, you know, maybe your job is, is not to be in front of people, but it might be, you know, something to do with phones and computers, but you still have the opportunity to uh, send a text that says, you know, make it a great day, uh, thinking of you, uh, if you're actually, you know, on the phone with somebody, you know, making sure that you relate to them in a very loving way and uh, it will make a difference in their day. I have no doubt about that.
2: When you- Sorry to interrupt, but I was just gonna say, appreciation is a big practice too. I think just appreciating people for Mm -hmm. little things. Um, going back to travel stories, I was, um, I had to make a change to one of my flights and that, you know, anybody who's tried to call the airlines right now knows that they are way overworked and it could be hours and hours and hours on the phone trying to make any changes. So I happened to already be at the airport and I got on a customer service phone to try to make this change. Well, in order to make the change, um, the, the employee had to actually check me out meaning that i had already checked in for my flight but he said in order to make the change i've got to check you out and all that felt very precarious to me because i was already through security and i thought oh goodness you know what if i am checked out am i going to somehow not be able to get on this flight or whatever so he went above and beyond and said it's going to be okay i'll stay on the phone with you until you get to your gate so (laughs) i was in los angeles airport it's a huge airport and uh we so he made the change and then because i was so nervous about not being able to get on the plane to italy um after being checked out after being checked in uh he stayed on the phone and and we had this whole conversation as i walked through the airport to my gate it was probably a 10 minute walk that he stayed on the phone (laughs) and um we just commiserated because he had just been traveling internationally and he was commiserating about all the the hassles and the long lines and this and that. And he was so reassuring and comforting and everything was fine. And I got on my plane, but I I thanked him so much and just gave him so much appreciation for taking that extra step to be reassuring. And, you know, that, that was certainly an example of kindness being expressed to me, but it's so important that regardless of whether we have such a big exam, uh, something like that, but even the little things we can just really appreciate people. Everyone likes to feel appreciated and it feels so good to give that. Right. Right.
1: Um, that, that is so, so true. Uh, appreciation goes a very long way when you are like teaching, um, beginners yoga, for instance, is this a concept that kind of comes into yoga training is, you know, going within, getting centered, um, but, you know, giving love, kindness, appreciation to others. Is that part of the teaching? Because I've never taken yoga classes, so I don't know. (laughs)
2: Okay. Well, so most people think of yoga classes just as the physical movement, but as you and I have talked about in the past, um, you know, I teach yoga philosophy and yoga philosophy is based on texts such as the yoga sutras. And one of the main principles, one of the very fundamental principles of yoga philosophy is a practice of peacefulness. Um, The term is ahimsa. Uh, and so Ahimsa actually translates as non-harming. Um, but if you split that into the positive, it would be the active practice of peace. So this uh, is applied to ourselves, um, and to others. So we're taught to actively practice peace in our, let's say we're doing physical yoga movements. Well, we want to do them in a gentle way. We don't want to jam our bodies or force our bodies or do something that's going to cause harm. So we want to practice peacefulness in, in our physical practice, but it goes beyond that. It goes into our thoughts. Um, Are we thinking negative, critical, judgmental, harsh thoughts about ourselves or others? That's not practicing peace. Um, and then of course, in our speech, the person I referenced at the airport was not being practicing peacefulness or kindness to the airport employee. He was cursing right. at it. Right. And so that's completely opposite of the yogic teaching. And so we can think about it in our, in our physicality, in our speech, in our thoughts, in our actions, all of, all of that. How do we actively practice to not harm ourselves or others?
1: Okay. So in a way, the philosophy of uh, yoga itself is this act of kindness and thoughtfulness, you know, toward others, because I mean, that's where, to me, that's where peacefulness comes from is that if I'm feeling peaceful, then I'm going to reach out into the environment, whether it's with another person or animal or, you know, a plant you know, but I'm going to treat all living things with respect and with thoughtfulness and kindness, right?
2: Absolutely. And so just to take it a step further, to give you a context of uh, what yoga philosophy teaches is that the reason for this is because the yoga teachings say we're all one at the biggest, highest level of reality. We are one energy, we know this from quantum physics. We are one consciousness, we know this from so many different traditions and philosophies. Um, and so as we reckon as we remember that <laughs> Uh, Because we don't think about it. Most of the time we think I'm separate from you and you're separate from him and her. And so we walk around in this separate self that is very much about getting its own needs and desires met. And that's where all the self-interest comes into play because one person's needs might be in conflict with another person's needs at any given moment. But if we take ourselves to that remembrance that actually we are all one at a very fundamental level of energy, then how I act in the world towards myself or you or anyone else is actually affecting me. We are all affecting the mass consciousness um, and the energetic vibration that is present on this planet. And I'm just going to take a slight left turn and say, Um, I really think that so much of what we're seeing in nature in terms of the fires that are so becoming so prevalent in so many places around the world are a manifestation of the enraged, inflamed uh, energy that is part of the mass consciousness right now. I mean, the anger and hatred and rage that is, is part of the mass thinking is so out of control. And that's why, you know, this topic was so near and dear to my heart is as a, as a yogi practicing peacefulness, I every day I'm sending out vibrations of peace and the intention of bringing that in inflamed um, energy down into a a softer, gentler, kinder uh, vibration. So true you know, I imagine a lot of people hearing
1: this, you know, that might be a little bit of an aha moment for them, because you're right. I mean, the planet responds energetically to who we are, you know, as humans. And um, we have not been taking care of the planet for a very long time. The animals, you know, are a direct reflection of that. And, you know, now we have hurricanes that are more prevalent than they've been in the past. We have heat, um, you know, in countries that have never seen, you know, triple digit kinds of heat. I just saw something the other day. I think it was in Barcelona and it was over 120 degrees.
2: Yeah, I saw the same
1: in Sicily. Yeah. So, I mean, our, you know, how much of that has been brought on over the last few years in particular with, um, you know, just the, like you said, the anger, the um, frustration levels. And, you know, it's, it's rising up from Mother Earth as well as from us.
2: Absolutely. You know, if you think of it as thought is the initiator of action, thought is the initiator of manifestation. Mm-hmm. Um, the yogis refer to thought as the cause or causal realm. And so our thoughts are um, the beginning of what we're going to see manifest. And so it is so it behooves all of us to watch our thinking, both Mm -hmm. from a personal level, what we think we become. And this is a teaching that has come through uh, oh so many world philosophies, but what we think we become. And so the thoughts that you hold on a daily basis, if they are hateful thoughts, you are going to become just a miserable, hateful person. And if you are thinking loving thoughts, then you are going to become a, a loving and harmonious person. And of course, you multiply that by the billions of humans on the planet. And so we see. we see where we're at. And there are many in the loving camp, uh, peaceful camp, and there are many in the hateful camp. But um, I've heard it said by a beautiful yogic master, Paramahansa Yogananda said that I and I'm not, I don't have the number exact, but it was something to the effect of that one person practicing peacefulness, counteracts I think he said around 10,000 people in the opposite energy. So I encourage those who might feel a little daunted by the negativity that's present on the planet to take heart and step into your practice and smile a lot and give love a lot because we can make the difference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I was just, I was thinking
1: there is a, uh, I probably mentioned it to you, but there's a small park that is not too far from where I live and all of 2020, I spent a tremendous amount of time there. Uh, We dedicated a a little library and uh, we know that that has made a difference with a lot of parents and grandparents, you know, they can just go and sit in the gazebo and, you know, read a book to a child. Uh, They can take a book for free. We encourage people to bring books, but, um, this spring um, in March, uh, around the middle of March, we planted um, flowers in a fountain that was basically just all weeds. The fountain had been there since the early 1900s uh, when it was part of a hotel, but there wasn't really anything there. There was uh, one plant that had grown and everything else you know, was just weeds. And so we went in and planted these flowers and they're doing beautifully and people walked past and are really, I mean, they stop, they look, you know, they appreciate. And so I was thinking the other day, you know, that's another example of, you know, just a few people can make a difference, but then you have to decide to make the difference and, you know, go forward believing that everything you do in love, you know, brings back, you know, love, peace, harmony towards you.
0: And I think a lot of
1: people they will just look at it and they'll go, well, that was really nice of that person to do it. But then they don't stop to say, and I can do it too.
2: Absolutely. And every single one of us can make a difference. And every single one of us is responsible for making a difference. And it's as simple as smiling at the person next to you. Honestly, if we just all did that, can you imagine what a different world we'd be living in right now? If oh we truly smiled from the heart at the person in front of us or next to us, it's right. that simple.
1: Right. Um, you know, again, going back to, you know, heart-centered uh, kind of thoughtfulness, um, our intuition, you know, lies in our heart. And we do have, I believe it's 40 million uh, brain cells that are actually in the heart, giving our intuition the ability to make decisions that are always going to guide us correctly. And yet 95% of the time we stay in our heads, intellectualizing and trying to figure out who said it, where did I read it, you know, is this the truth, fact checking, whatever else they're doing, rather than just going within and checking out your heart. And what does your heart tell you about this person or this situation? And again, that's going to go back to leading you into kindness, thoughtfulness, generosity. You know, all absolutely. Of
2: the things the <laughs> and you know, we should probably have a, a chat. In our next chat be all about intuition and going into the heart. And how do we do? How do we cultivate that? Because that's a topic very close to my um, my heart. <laughs> well, um, you know that that is.
1: If, if everybody would learn how to do that, we only do it 5% of the time. And most of the time that's as we're getting ready to go to sleep and we might be mulling over, you know, how would I have done this differently or what might I wanna to do tomorrow? And if we're checking in with our heart, then at least we're giving ourselves something to think about as we sleep. But uh, boy, the minute your feet hit the floor and you're on some sort of a, a timeline, you know, then you go
2: right back to that ninety-five percent in the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, the more there are practices that can help us um, develop a stronger intuition and stay connected to that that heart wisdom more and more of the time. So mm-hmm. it's really it's a choice and. Uh, I like that you are giving people credit for (laughs) being introspective at the end of their day as they're going to sleep. Uh, That's certainly a practice that's near and dear to my heart as well and um, warrants a whole show's worth of discussion, I'd say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, one of the things that um, I'm very much aware of that most people, unfortunately, are not doing and that's taking that last hour, maybe before bedtime, whatever your bedtime is, and you know, reading, listening to music, getting away from phones, getting away from the television or the computer, and beginning to go within, so that by the time you're heading to bed or laying down, you know that you have an opportunity to have uh, quieted the mind, you know, and get into that. Introspective, intuitive kind of place that we can be,
2: and that has certainly been proven to help people sleep. So yes. you're right about that, and I know that um, I know that that's part of your teaching around taking care of one's well-being and getting good sleep is a big part of that. Yes, yeah.
1: Well, there's so many things that um, you know are part of our health. And, you know, I, I, I kind of go back, you know, to saying that it's not just about, you know, making sure that you get a physical a year, but taking to heart, you know, how do you grocery shop? Are you shopping the perimeter? Are you going up and down the aisles, you know, where the packaged food is, which is not that healthy for you? You know, are you trying to get at least seven to nine hours of sleep at night? Um, a lot of people are lucky if they get four or five. And, you know, it's just because they're not cutting time out for themselves, you know, and rest, um, you know, downtime, so to speak. And, you know, I talk to people about nutrition. I talk to people about um, exercise, you know, because you don't have to belong to a gym. You can just go walk, you know, take maybe an hour, uh, a couple of times a week and try and get in you know, two and a half, three miles of brisk walking. So there's so many things that will lead us to being healthier. And then when you're healthier, some of these other things, the spiritual aspects, thinking outside the box, you know, having a motivation to maybe dig around a little bit and realize that there's other ways of attacking issues than just turning on the television. (laughs) Sometimes you need to turn off the television
2: i'd say turn off the television quite a
1: lot (laughs) (laughs) there's not much on it anymore unless i'm on a you know i do like hallmark movies there they have happy endings um but uh, there's some public broadcasting shows on nature and things that i enjoy but my goodness there just isn't a lot that is quality television
2: yeah Hmm. that is so true Well,
1: is there anything else that you would like to share maybe about what you observed, you know, in Italy, um, that you think can carry over into your life in Hawaii, or those that are listening to the show, you know, maybe a practice that they could engage in on a small scale.
2: Well, one of the things that I love so much in Italy is that they take a break in the afternoon. A lot of the shops and restaurants close after lunch. So from about two to five and particularly in the hot months. And this is not just Italy. Many of the countries in the southern, you know, warm regions take that siesta time. And that, if you can manage even a short break, I mean, I, obviously this isn't feasible for people who have nine to five jobs, but um, even a short break in the afternoon where you can do something like you were saying, get outside, breathe some fresh air, put your feet on the grass, or just take a, sh- a little pause. They call it the the pause, la pausa in oh, okay. Italian. And I love mm-hmm. that. So um, take a pause because that helps us recalibrate and remember the intention that we want to live from because when we are just go, go, go and stress stressed all the time, it's hard to make those deeper choices for goodness for ourselves and in how we're responding to others. But if we can pause and take a deep breath and just recalibrate a little bit, um, if you can get a nap <laughs> that always helps me reset. But, um, you know, if that's not feasible, even a five, 10 minute pause is going to help and mm-hmm. remember your intention. And let's, I, I would just hope that everyone would intend peacefulness, both internally and externally.
1: Right. And, you know, to try and remember to smile and be courteous and take a few minutes to appreciate you know, where they are and and where other people maybe are in life. Um, All of those things might make us a gentler world at this time. And we really do need that. Let's pray for that. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Let everybody know. I know your book uh, has done well. uh, The Spark Change, 108 Provocative Questions for Spiritual Evolution. Do you have any new books coming
2: out? Mm -hmm. So we're coming up on a year um, for Spark Changes release. And if you are somebody who would like to practice a little more self-reflection or introspection, those 108 questions are a great place to um, dig in. Uh, I'm very excited to have that be out now for almost a year Um, I am currently working on another book too soon to give any uh many tips or tidbits on that but maybe by the next time we talk I'll have some more to share on that what were you writing or
1: working on when you were
2: uh, on the island in Well, I went over working on uh, one book and determined that it wasn't the one that was strongest in my heart right now. And so I started working on the one that I'm in right at the moment. So, okay, yeah, I think a lot
1: of writers are afraid to actually do what you did then. And that would be to say, I'm going to put this one on pause and I'm going to go where my heart leads me.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the listening to the intuition that we were chatting about a couple moments ago. It's really important to do that. And it's a practice that takes trust because boy, I had a lot of time already sunk into the, the first one. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And then, and,
1: and when you write, it is like a baby, you know, it's something that uh, you're breathing life into. And so by walking away from it even momentarily it's it's kind of like feeling like you're abandoning your child.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but a book takes a lot of time and a lot of energy and so your heart's got to I know my heart's got to be 100% in it. Yeah. Um, otherwise I'm not going to show up to that keyboard every single day like I have to do. <laughs> right.
1: Right. So true. Well, thank you again for being part of the show. I know you're going to be back in January. It'll be 2022. Yay. Um so have a beautiful fall and lovely holiday season in Hawaii. And uh, we'll stay in touch. Uh, let great. people
2: know how they can reach you too, Jenny. Thank you, Lucy. It's always great ta- chatting with you. Um m- m- you can reach me through my website. It's my name, Jenny, J-E-N-N-I-E, Lee, L E E, Yogatherapy.com. Jenny Lee Yogatherapy.com.
1: All right. I'll make sure that it's also on the uh, synopsis, um, you
2: you know, when we put the shows up on the different platforms. Thanks, Lucy. Have a beautiful fall and holiday season as well. And I'll chat with you in 2022. Yeah, it's hard to believe
1: that we're already talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Listen, everybody, please go out there and make this your very best life. You have one life, you know, make it a good one. Take care of yourselves and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.